Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Howdy, folks. Welcome to the Cape Cod Fun Show, the show that's all about having the most fun in the most beautiful place on Earth, Cape Cod, USA. My name is Eric Williams, and Mung is here. Whoop. And Greg is here. Hello. So delighted to have you fellas here. This is a gigantic show. It's a pinata full of love and joy. Let's hit it with a stick and see what happens. Some of the things we'll be talking about today on the Cape Cod Fun Show. Spring means clam shacks are opening. Segwaying into some Chinese food talk. Two great walks to work off all that food. Something called Big Fake Wedding. It's sort of a Wedding convention, but like people redo their vows and I don't know, you pretend it's a wedding. You want to raise backyard chickens? Well, cluck along with us. We'll tell you how to learn more. And how about tracking animals? Is that a skunk? You better find out. Quick there, Bunky. We'll be talking about an exciting class coming up. But first, let's get to the all-important Cape Cod weather forecast for the last weekend of March 2019. Here we go, boys. Ooh. Intriguing, oh, yeah. isn't it? Oh, yeah. Rising oh, yeah. temperatures, rising passions. Anyone? Uh-huh. Anyone feeling randy? Sweaty. <laughs> I'm barreling into April with gusto. Well, here we go for Saturday. That's going to be the 30th of March. It's mostly cloudy, but a high near 55. Oh. Think about it. Oh, man. Start slathering yourself with some kind of lotion. Maybe not SPF 140, but maybe a little something. And then for Sunday, showers likely after 2 p.m. Mostly cloudy with a high near 54. But don't worry. That means a terrific gardening weekend. Uh, I think now is the time to start planting. Uh, Tonight, I believe, as we record this, will be the last night below freezing until late October. That's my prediction right now. Here we go. Oh, that's your prediction, yes, not that's why fact. I, it's not well, fact. Well, it's, it's fact if, if, if the prediction comes true. Okay. I am saying looking at the it. weather patterns now, we're starting to see some 50s yeah, and yeah. then maybe 36 at night. So all of a sudden, all the little planting thing, I think now's the time to go, fellas. So what are you going to do? When? When are you going to I have to already go planted grass, and I'm going to plant my meadow in a can, perhaps tomorrow evening. What about lettuce? Lettuce, I should be doing it now. I plan to do it this weekend. This weekend? That's right. Are you serious? Well, I was talking to my friends at the Bayberry Garden Center in Truro, where I was buying some seed. And I said, you know, I'm just a little leery about the soil temperatures and everything. And they said, you know what? We've been burned enough. We don't plant anything until April. Okay, I totally, yeah. And maybe they're right, because I've been burned. totally subscribe to that. So, thank uh, you. I've been doing a lot of planting myself. What, uh, in front of the TV? Yeah, yeah, planting my derriere <laughs> in my recliner and catching up on Game of Thrones to get ready for the big uh, season eight premiere in mid-April. What about the outdoors, Mung? We live in such an outdoorsy place with so much enjoyment. Why sort of uh, go to all that homogenized claptrap on the boob tube? 
Why can't you have the best of both worlds? A little uh, six-hour binge of TV a at night. A little nap. And, and then go out, <laughs> you know, during the daytime, go out and enjoy this nice weather. I like your forecast. I'm encouraged here. We're seeing sun. We're seeing temps in the 50s. Maybe that will reverse the trend of April. Because you know what they say, April showers makes Mung dour. <laughs> so we want to make sure that there's no rain and lots of sun and good temperatures for April. I thought it was April showers make Mung chafe. <laughs> that, that, that does happen, yes. <laughs> That's a year-round activity. <laughs> it's not confined to April. Greg, could you pass the baby powder, please? <laughs> Thank you. Okay, Mung, here we go. Soothed again so we can move on with the show. Your tides for this weekend coming up. The last weekend of March 2019. We are looking at high tides in the morning around 845 and then around 930. That means nice midday low tides. And you can take a misty little walk and not be too cold because it's spring. And here we go. One of the sure signs of spring, fellas, is the opening of some of our favorite Clam Shack restaurants on Cape Cod. And I can't tell you how happy I was the other day to be driving along Route 6. I look over. I see the sign in front of PJ's Family Restaurant 2616 Route 6 in Wellfleet. And instead of saying, thank you for a great season, which is such old news, it said, opening April 11th. I pulled over, took a picture, tweeted it out. It was just joy. I uh, tweeted it at Duff Goldman, the Food Network host. He uh, went to high school in Sandwich. I think PJ's might be his favorite restaurant. And he said, I am salivating, thinking about a PJ's lobster roll and fried clams. And a lot of people responded. A lot of people sort of, that's the way their clock works. When did these clam shacks open? Oh, man, Greg, and I think you got something down in your neighborhood, too. Exactly. I mean, there's nothing that says spring to me than the opening of Captain Frosty's on Scenic Route 6A in Dennis. Ooh. I love Captain Frosty's. It opens, did I say April 11th already? That's the, the same thing. day. Yes, can you believe that's it? That's amazing. Isn't it? PJs isn't it? and Captain Frosty's isn't it? open on the same day, April 11th. These and are two titans of the uh, clamshack oh, industry I, on the game. I cannot, I cannot wait to go there and get my, my, my fish and chips. Maybe I'll go get some, you know, soft serve. They have, it's... It's a real throwback, I think, Captain Frosty's. It's sort of an old-timey, you know, inside it's kind of looks like someone's... It looks like a shack, really, I mean, you know. Um, but it's, it's, it's real summery, and you just know it's going to start warming up, and summer's going to be there, and you can get some more ice cream, uh, maybe chocolate uh, swirl. Yeah, what a uh, quick start. It's like a jolt, like someone's giving you food CPR, or they're getting the paddles out. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. Summer's possible. Yeah. Here, have a fried clam. Have some of that great chowder. Man, you know there's going to come a day when you're here in your bathing suit, and that's such a nice feeling. And so those are two of my favorites. And, you know, every it seems like every Cape Town has one of these clam shacks. So if they're not open yet, we suggest, you know, grabbing your sleeping bag, going out there, camping out. It could be for days or weeks. Right. Like, like you're ordering, like, tickets, like really hot tickets or something. Or, and just, like, make sure you're there for when they open. Well, uh, we also have a couple other suggestions. Cream and Cone, uh, the legendary Cream and Cone, 961 Main Street. That's Route 28. In West Dennis, they opened on February 14th. So if you want to go over there and just get into spring and summer food-wise, they are waiting for you. And I did not know this, but my incredible research turned this up, that 
the legendary original seafood restaurant that's 527 Main Street on Route 28 in Dennisport is open year-round. I had no idea. Ooh. I could have been having a fish and chips the whole time. I know. These I are know all, that. I mean, PJ's, Captain yep. Frosty's, Cream and Cone, and Original. It's that old school feeling. Mm-hmm. They know what they're doing around a fry later, let's face it. And uh, it's so delicious. I have to say that the opening night at PJ's, and, and now you're in Wellfleet on the Outer Cape, where there's not that many people in the off season, and yet when that April 11th rolls around, opening night, opening day, you go in there, the place is banged out. It's like seeing everyone come out of the hills. You haven't seen them since last September or October. And there they are again, those other families, the kids. And it's just, it's a warm community feeling, and it's fueled by delicious food. I will say that PJ's chowder is the best on Cape Cod that I know of. It's thin, not thick. Yeah. Thin. Yeah, I'm not crazy about I, thick. I love thin, but I say you're probably in the minority. Most people lean on the thick side. I don't think that's true. I think they mm. just don't know about I don't like it when it's like paper mache. I mean, that's just me. I like something thin. And I was reading, I think the recipe for the PJ's chowder is four gallons of clams in an 11-gallon container. So it's almost half clams. That's a lot of clams, right? Oh, that's right, Greg. Yeah? Yeah? <laughs> that's a lot of clams. Yeah. That could be their slogan. So please get out there, folks. There's nothing like French fries, fried clams, mm. and the possibility of warm mm. days and uh, dreams coming true. Um, it's nice to be on Cape Cod right now. I'm drooling. It's okay, Greg. Here, here's our little drool bucket. I need a spittle bucket. <laughs> get me my spittle bucket. Okay, now here is a topic food-wise that I know really nothing about, and this came up in discussion, and it's something I'm hoping you fellas can help me with. Chinese food on Cape Cod. We had to talk about it. It was actually because my father called. He said, hey, what's that bamboo place like in Hyannis? I turned to Mung. I say, Mung, what's that bamboo place like in Hyannis? And you were like, oh, it's pretty good, right? Mung says pretty good. I've had some really spicy Kung Pao there uh, a few months ago, and I really enjoyed it. All right. And then we started talking. We widened the discussion. Instead of working here in the newsroom, what's the best Chinese food on Cape Cod? So I turned to you, Greg. And if someone asked you that question, what would you say? I would say um, Golden Fountain on West Main Street in Hyannis. I mean, I've been, I have been—I went there for years and years and years. I have to admit, I haven't not gone there for maybe like a year and a half. All right. It's like changed radically, but uh, they have great luncheon specials. I've never been there at night. Every single time I've gone for, I don't know, 25 years, I've gotten number five chicken cashew. Every single time. I've never gotten anything else. But How many of five. those do you think you've eaten over the years? You know, that, would, that would be interesting, <laughs> actually. Yeah, probably like, like you know, hundreds of them. You know. Hundreds wow. of number no, five? Number five. Haven't yeah. you ever been tempted to try like a number six or number no, 13? No, no, or? always number five. I just never get anything else. I don't know why. I just can't break free of the number five. It's, so, so I started it's talking with other people in the newsroom. And then I was talking to my dad about this. And he's like, there's no good Chinese food on the Cape. And he was a Chinese food guy from way back. And I started thinking, saying, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's not true. We just don't know where it is. Uh, And I also was thinking about my own kids who don't even really know what Chinese food is because we never get it because we figure there's really not that much good Chinese food out there. And so it's almost like Chinese food has skipped our generation into my kids' generation, and it's in danger of disappearing. Your children are deprived. Is that true? Or maybe they're... How can mm -hmm. you raise your child without children without... 
Chinese well, you know, food. if you eat a bunch of like, say, Chinese food that's not great, yeah, like later true. on, you just sort of feel like going away for a while into yeah. the woods and living with the wolves until you feel better. <laughs> um, but so anyway, more discussion. This was a long topic. Can we get some good Chinese food? So now we're getting some suggestions from you guys. And then a couple other guys in the newsroom said Szechuan Delight is the place you want to go. Mm. And that is in uh, East Harwich, in the 400 East Plaza. It's kind of right off Exit 11, just a little bit off Exit 11, going towards Chatham. And so, yours truly, on my way home from work on last Friday night, I called in a takeout order, which was scary enough, because I don't really know much about it. I don't know what to say. Do I say the number? Do I say the dish? Do I dare say, like, no MSG? But then I heard that that's just a bunch of claptrap anyway. That's that's old school. So don't even bother saying that. (laughs) And so I went in there, and I got some, uh, what is it, Corporal Pow? Corporal Zhao? General Sao. General Sao. General, General. Oh, he's been promoted, he's see? A, he's a general. He's wow. not a corporal. Was that like a battlefield promotion? <laughs> That's amazing. So anyway, General Zhao and Mushi Chicken brought him home. I mean, it was like 25 bucks. Got some small thing of rice with it. It was so much food. Yeah. It was like carrying out an anvil in a paper bag. And, and that was just small compared to the other orders that were flying out of there. People come, you spend 50 bucks at that place. Yeah, easily. It's like you've got a Volkswagen to put into your car full of Chinese food. It's so much. Everyone's like, hot mustard, give me the hot mustard. Everyone's loving the hot mustard. Can I get two hot mustards? I guess that's something you have to ask for. Hey, give me the hot mustard. And so, <laughs> took it home, and the mushy chicken was outstanding. Yeah? My wife said it was the best she'd ever had, and she grew up outside New York City where people are serious about their Chinese food. Mm. You know, and I had the General Zao, but I didn't really know what it was, and it was like tons of fried chicken, and I was like, ah, this is going to make me feel a little funny. It tasted good, but... And that's well, my that's own what ignorance. General Sows is. It's like a breaded chicken that's fried. Why didn't you guys tell me that? Oh dear. How do it you? It just doesn't. I don't. I mean, I'm I'm no expert because if it veers from number five, I don't know what it is. <laughs> so what is what is that, General? He's Sow? traveling west yeah. on number <laughs> five highway, <laughs> and he's talking? not getting off that highway. So Mung, we turn to you. You are an expert in all matters of food. Can you just walk us through how to order some Chinese? What are the things we need to know? Uh, get the beef teriyaki. That's the beef on a stick? Beef on a stick. Anytime yeah. you put meat on a stick, yeah, you, yeah. You've, you've, you've already yeah. won. Yeah. Um, I, I regret I'm not the best Chinese food orderer because I don't. I like Chinese food a lot, but I don't like all the gross Chinese vegetables. Uh, but if you do like those... You don't like any vegetables. That's true. It? I don't like most vegetables. So. <laughs> it's not just Chinese uh, but, vegetables. But I'm sure if you like the, the vegetables that they use, I'm sure they're delicious, like water chestnuts and bean sprouts and bamboo shoots. I like all those things. I don't like any of those things. So I usually order my dishes without those. Well, what about the poo-poo platter, Mung? I mean, where do you stand on that? Oh, the poo-poo platter is good, especially if you have a large group and you want to taste different things. Like crab rangoons are often those in those. Those are good. Egg those rolls. Are good. I love that. Pe- kind of creamy. Peking raviolis, chicken fingers. Those usually come in that. So if you like a variety, I would always go with the poo-poo. Or poo-poo for two. <laughs> All right, so where, where have you been around here, Chinese-wise? Uh, oh, Mom? I've been to a lot of Chinese places. Um, one of my favorites is the Great House in uh, in Centerville. They have some awesome lo mein, and they deliver it. Which huh. is rare. Oh, that's nice. No one ever delivers um, the wealth. So, so that's no. good. <laughs> it's like, it's too far out. Jeez. <laughs> that's rough. End All right. So my, my, my uh, vow going forward 
is to somehow wrap my mind around Chinese food, wow. find the best, and figure out how to work the menu. And mm-hmm. I feel like that that could be the work of a lifetime. Well, it could be because you have to you know, try all these, you know. I, I think like I like things that are not super rich, so I think that means yeah. trouble a little bit, and I don't like a ton of salt. Do you like a lot of uh, fried rice? Because mm. I, I I love fried rice. The reason I love fried rice is I put this. Oh God, what is it called? It's uh, high karate. It comes in a little container. Soy sauce. No, the other. Oh, duck sauce. Oh, oh duck my sauce. God, I love. Is duck. that actually made out of ducks? I don't think so. Well, you know, mallards. <laughs> Can you order a mallard or another type of duck? I'm not sure what the other eider. I don't. I don't know eider or, you know. <laughs> anyway, I don't know what it, if it does. It have duck in it. I love it. I love duck sauce. All right. So there are so. there's so many mysteries. I don't even know what you're talking about. And so that that shows my Chinese food ignorance. And I'm always scared when ordering Chinese food. I'm going to make the Wong choice. Hello. <laughs> Is this thing on? <laughs> okay, can't even make a good Chinese food joke. Uh, I'm not getting any support from the gang here at the Cape Cod Fun Show. That's not too much fun. All right, fellas, we have we have completely stuffed ourselves with clam shacks and Chinese. Uh. We gotta work this off. So I want everyone now. Can we just do a couple little calisthenics and groin stretch, groin stretch, groin stretch? Oh, Mung, your groin. <laughs> I just ripped my pants. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. We have a couple different walks for you. And my first one I'll throw out there. Uh, my wife and I have been doing some long-distance hiking on the weekends through the woods of Truro and Wellfleet. And one of our walks uh, went through the old Air Force Station up in North Truro. And uh, always been one of my favorite eerie places to muck around. And they have a lovely thing called the Woods Walk there. That's at the end of Old Dewline Road in North Truro. There's parking there. You'll see the base looming before you. The walk takes you out around the base and to some really great overlooks over the ocean. And you see some kind of remnants of a Cold War Air Force station. Now, it's a great walk, but what I had always loved about up going up there is the zombie village which was the base housing that was off to the side of, of the uh, station. And for years, as long as I had been going there, you could walk right through the neighborhood. And it was like something out of Michael Jackson's thriller video, just decrepit, crazy like houses. like The Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah totally zombie. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Totally like trees growing through houses. I mean, broken windows. That's great. Apparently yeah. asbestos would like, don't go in, it's asbestos. But as part of a recent spruce up out there, they have completely fenced it in, and you can't go in there anymore. That's no reason not to go out there and see what it is, because it's a different side of the Outer Cape. It's not all Patty Page. It's like crumbly Cold War, which I find cool. Oh, yeah, definitely. But you can't walk through the zombie village anymore, which slightly breaks my heart. I do not like this one bit, and I say it's an abomination. Yeah, but, you know, I can see why they did it, because those houses were sketchy. If you, like, went into one of those and fell through the floor and then swallowed eight pounds of asbestos you know you might feel it and then if mm. you got if you actually got bit by a zombie that, that wouldn't be good either now what happens in that case uh, you become a zombie or you're just zombie food you are you become you a become a zombie you die and become a zombie so what would happen if the zombies won and everybody became a zombie what would they eat and what would they do hmm you know i never really thought about that 
they do have to eat, don't they? Or do they? They can actually they they stay undead, right? They do. They don't. They don't. I mean, they. That's true. They, if they don't find food, it's not like they can die again. They're already they dead. They crave right? flesh. Would a zombie cannibalize another zombie, or would that taste bad to a zombie? They I want like fresh brains. I don't think they do that. Hmm, no, no, I don't think they no. generally do that. So no. they do have ethics. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, they have a, a long. There's a whole manual, you know, on how to become a, a zombie and you know behave once you are zombieized. Well, you've got your degree now, Greg. What's it like to be a zombie? Zombie man. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's kind of sad. It's a bit sad up there. It's still a beautiful place to walk and a, an interesting take on the Cold War and how it affected Cape Cod, the Outer Cape. It's in a lonely place, and so, eh, what are you going to do? At least you won't get bit by a zombie now in the village. True. It's fenced in with a serious fence with, like, crazy wire at the top. I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. But I wish there was some other place we could walk. Oh, yes! Oh. Now, Mung, this all started with you talking about burbling brooks or something. Gurgling brooks or... Babbling brooks. Babbling brooks. Ah, They're, like, my favorite things around. Why? Why? I don't know. I like flowy water. It's peaceful. It's relaxing. It's holistic. It's and good it's for the like mind. it's got a gurgle. It's got a gurgle. A it's got a burble. It's got a babble. Gurgle, burble, babble. Babble, gurgle. Yo, what's up? Oh, yeah. So, you know, we don't have a lot of, like, waterfall-related things on the Cape. So I guess these are, like, super small-scale waterfalls. Well, and you're kind of picky about this, too, because I said to you, what about Stony Brook at the uh, Grist Mill in Brewster, you know, where the herring run is and everything? That's an incredible rushing stream. And you said... Um, great to visit when the herrings are out, but way too crowded. So you don't want people. No, I don't don't want want people. No, because sometimes you want to lay next to the babbling brook and just kind of fall asleep and relax. And you don't want people picking your pocket. That is against most town bylaws on Cape Cod, (laughs) and with good reason. Picking your pocket. Mommy, mommy, who's that man (laughs) with scales? I think it's a man. He's laying down by the brook. It's not not moving. He's just getting his babble on. (laughs) Poke it with a stick. Oh, no. Here, put this Twinkie on a stick and see if you... I got him! Um, So, this is your favorite Burbling Brook. This is how we got to this walk, by the way. So, where is this place, Mung? What are you talking about? Make a beeline to East Sandwich. This is 91 Old County Road, the East Sandwich Grange Hall. Beautiful. Which is right next to the uh, Nye Homestead uh, Museum. And right next to this building, they have a delightful babbling brook. Uh, the water cascades over these little rocks. And in the springtime, there are things blooming. And you feel like you're relaxing and you're in super peace peaceful world and they have a little pond nearby you can do a little walk and if you're really adventurous after your babbling brook excursion not too far there's a there's a conservation walk right eric i can speak to that it's called the talbot's point conservation lands what's nice about old county road and this part of sandwich is that it's the old stagecoach line it's a very very old road on cape cod that's why the grange hall was there it it was the site of a tavern at a house across the street from the grange the setting is like that of old Vermont or old New Hampshire, a real bend in the road that feels like it's been bent there forever. And I was talking to a historian down there who said, like, what really led to it sort of being sealed into history is that someone made 6A, which became this gee whiz modern bypass. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the stagecoach didn't run by there anymore. And then gradually the railroad came in and these sort of old stagecoach stops 
were no longer necessary. Interesting. But this road, Old County, features, oh, I'd say about a quarter mile from the Grange Hall, is the Talbot's Point Conservation Lands. And I went there a couple of years ago because I was like, wow, that looks really weird. It really projects out into that giant sandwich marsh. And yeah, indeed, it's 112 acres of interior upland along the Scorton Marsh System, which if you've ever driven it by on Route 6A, Scorton Creek, and that, I mean, epic marsh out there, Cute. this is kind of from the other side you're going in of 6A. And this sort of, it's almost like a, it's like a peninsula going into a marsh. It's land that's forested land with these epic marsh vistas. And when the sun's right... And shining on that golden marsh grass. I mean, it's like Wicked Van Goey or something. Oh, that's beautiful. So it is lovely, and it's a fairly good hoof around. I'd say it's probably a couple miles of trails, and it is off Old County Road. Look for Talbot's Point Road. Uh, I'd say approximately 150 old, sand, uh, old Sandwich County Road. It's in Sandwich, 150 Old County Road. And that's right near Mung's Grange Brook Experience. So theoretically, you could park there and have yourself just one of those throwback country adventures. Mm. There's also parking at the Talbot's Point Conservation Area. Mm. You know, it was really quiet when I was out there. I'm sure it has regulars, but there's something about being in the middle of a marsh. Yeah. Being mellow, Greg. Mellow. Marshmallow. (laughs) (laughs) You'll have some more fun if you go walking there. So that was nice. That's that's kind of a, a little-known place in Sandwich to take a walk and work off your Chinese food. And I suppose if you're Hmong, to just lay down. <laughs> just lay down. Do nothing. This must be good for you now, Hmong. With the temperatures rising, you can actually lay down without worrying about woken up frozen somewhere in a thermal <laughs> that's tank. That's right. That's right. Wake up without re- people poking re- me with a stick. Revive you again. <laughs> oh, look at him. His legs are numb. Is that a mungsicle? Oh, no. It's February, Mung. He's out there laying down. <laughs> it's nighttime. All right. What else is going on, fellas? Lots of things. Now, Greg, this seems to me right up your alley. As a man of the soil, uh, an agricultural man, uh, a man who judges the seasons by the precipitation and the amount of pollen in the air and a man whose heart beats with that of the mother's son and uh, Jupiter and things like that, you're very tied in. Oh, yeah. To the earth. Ever think about raising chickens? My parents raised chickens when I was young. How'd that go? Yeah, there were some good things. You get some eggs. The eggs are unbelievable. They're fresh. Um, it's kind of fun to see the chickens running around the yard. Um, chickens are really not too bright. And what? Why do you have to, you know, slam the chickens? And They're certain, trying, Greg. Certain, Who are you to judge a chicken? Certain chickens would, like, gang up on, like, one chicken, and they like, start pecking it. You know, the pecking order kind of oh, thing. Oh, well, that's... You know? And then when they stop laying... You know, we put them on Social Security. We didn't, we didn't, you know, kill them or anything. We just, we just. <laughs> what do you mean? Just, you gave them a pension? Oh yeah, <laughs> and we let them run around the yard. I mean, but they're kind of yeah. I but it's so popular now. Are chickens mean? Do you think they're mean? Uh, ours were. <laughs> would they attack little Greg when little Greg was little Greg? Oh no, they wouldn't do that. And sometimes if they got too close to the dogs, they were on uh, you know what chains. They they get killed. Uh, it was it was it was interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but, you had chicken eating dogs? 
They didn't eat them. They just killed them. They just <laughs> oh, well. Like to kill them. Yeah, yeah. But, um. Kevorkian chicken dogs. Huge. Dunks. It's so popular now, right? I mean. Well, I think it's kind of are... swept the cape, and we know people here in our newsroom that are chicken raisers. Oh, yeah. yeah. More and, than one, I believe. And I've had some of those eggs, and they are. Well, then Great. here's your chance, and Mung, All right. prick up your ears for this one. Here's your chance to get some chickens. Let's see. From 11 a.m. to noon on March 30th at Agway of Cape Cod in Dennis. That's a convenient location right across from the police station. That's off exit 9. Exploring Backyard Chickens. Getting Started is the name of the talk. It's a free seminar with chick expert and author Melissa Coffey. Her books include How to Speak Chicken. Mung, can you give us a little chicken? He just asked for some escargot. <laughs> See, he's very good at that. And also a kid's guide to keeping chickens. It's geared to novice and seasoned chicken keepers. Topics will include starting a backyard flock, a breed selection, where to purchase baby chicks, egg know-how, poultry nutrition, housing needs, predator protection yeah and gardening with the flock that's a big one so that's coming up at agway in dennis on saturday from 11 a.m to noon that sounds like a nice outing you go out then maybe you grab some lunch somewhere nearby in dennis i can't think of where you'd go get swing over to ring brothers pick up some good groceries some good grub uh, the Red Cottage is around there somewhere, right, oh, for yeah. breakfast? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So, so that's, uh, I mean, if you ever thought about doing it, you might as well go to something like this and find out what you really don't want to get into. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> because we've heard stories in here from people who raise chickens in the newsroom that sometimes, like, foxes and stuff, I mean, they actually, yeah. they kill the chickens. What? Yeah, yeah. So Murder? Yeah. I guess it's chickicide. You have, to, you have to lock them up. Yeah, I mean, you have to have a predator protection, and that's what this is what this lady's going to talk about, Melissa Coffey. That sounds great. How to Speak Chicken at Agway and Dennis on Saturday at 11 a.m. Now, anyone getting married? Not anytime soon. Anyone hmm. getting divorced and remarried, Greg? You can break <laughs> it here on the show. If you want to say something out there to someone, now's the time. Consider me the Dr. Phil of fun. Uh, no, but, you know, we've seen a million weddings on Cape Cod. I live in Wellfleet, and they start popping off like popcorn at some of the nearby inns and guest homes. Sometimes people sneak a wedding into a beach or something like that, do it on the cheap, which I think is great. Uh, but Cape Cod and weddings go together. It's big business on Cape Cod. We've all known people who uh, are photographers or organizers. It's a big money business. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cape Cod is in the top five, I think, most expensive wedding destinations uh, in the country, according to a recent report. I don't know who wrote it, but um, <laughs> definitely it's true. And they say has, the average... Has to be uh, true. A fifth grader with a crayon? <laughs> uh, who's your source here, Mark? Um, <laughs> the average wedding, we're told, um, is around uh, $50,000 Oh my gosh! Uh, on the Cape. Oh, because mm-hmm. just imagine bringing people in season to yeah. stay here, to eat here, and renting out a facility and all that stuff. But here's an event that sounds intriguing to maybe at least find out what the options are. It's called the Big Fake Wedding. <laughs> dun, 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 dun! <laughs> the Big Fake Wedding is a bridal show alternative that brings together 200 guests, mostly brides and grooms, I guess prospective brides and grooms, to get a glimpse of what service dozens of Cape wedding vendors have to offer. The setting 
is a wedding and reception. Some guests dress up and there'll be food, cake, a full wedding party, and a married couple renewing their vows. I think they put them in a cage up in the front of the room. <laughs> you know, it's like an amazing thing to see. They still love each other. Step right up. Can you believe it? They're renewing their vows. Uh, that's 7 to 9 p.m. on Saturday, a nighttime event. This Saturday at the West End Restaurant, 23 Scudder Ave in Hyannis. It's uh, $25 in advance or $30 at the door. I can give you the website. Uh, yeesh, who knows? It's called thebigfakewedding.com slash RSVP slash Cape hyphen Cod slash three. Or maybe just Google Big Fake Wedding Cape Cod and something will come up to help you out. Oh, wait, wait. I, I forgot my pencil. Oh, let me repeat that for you and other people. <laughs> TheBigFakeWedding.com. You get that? <laughs> or you can go to CapeCodTimes.com slash Life with Gwen and watch a recent episode with Jamie Bolin, one of the lead organizers of the, yep. this event. She'll give you all the details on this video. She was the one who told us about the popularity of weddings on the Cape, how they're uh, pretty expensive. But she also offers tips on how to, you know, um, have, a, have a little cheaper wedding if you don't want to spend that kind of money. And tell us all about the big fake wedding. So that's CapeCutTimes.com slash life with what? Well, also, you know, if you're going to get married, I mean, is, is there not a better place? Well, there might be some better places, but not many beautiful places where you can get married like Cape Cod. I mean, it's, it's gorgeous, particularly if they're on the water. Um, the beach makes everybody happy. You know? I, I went mm-hmm. to a wedding a few years ago at the Chatham Bars Inn, and it was right on the beach. Pretty swanky, in the, Greg. In the background, the 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 uh, fishing boats were coming in, and it was just it was gorgeous. It was so beautiful. So what is the what is the thing then? Because it, my my heart would say, my mind would say, elope, save some <laughs> save some money. Oh yeah, it's, totally. Like yeah. with that money, you could buy a. A car or a down payment on a house. Right. Is there something to be said for sealing those memories of the start of a life together with beauty and pageantry and romance, something that somehow warms you on a cold winter night 15 years in the future when you're driving each other nuts? Um, no, because aren't you supposed to make the uh, the bride's father pay for it? So if someone else is paying for the wedding, what do you care? Yeah, but someone is that poor sap, and <laughs> I've got two daughters, so I don't like where you're going here, Well, Mom. I hope you have $100,000 ready. <laughs> well, I think the expense <laughs> is worth it if you don't get divorced. And you stay married. Oh, no, but if you're the if you're the bride's if you get divorced, father, what do you get like, out of like, it? It's like it's like I mean, if you get divorced, it's like oh my god, all that money is just gone down the. Well, drain. they come back to Cape Cod, do it all again, baby. <laughs> that's right, number two, even bigger than the last one. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I think that's the the you know I see these elaborate weddings in Wellfleet, and every once in a while, like it'll be really bad weather, and you're like, wow, dreams have been dashed. I know, I know, totally. And some kind yeah. of dysfunction has been sewn into this relationship <laughs> yeah. that will that will flower with a horrible flower uh, years from now. And it's all because of one cloud bank from Nova Scotia. But on that perfect sun bliss day, maybe that's what it does. It's a velocity provider of love. And it, that's what it costs, and that's what you got to pay. Well, our, our when we got married, our reception was at the Wacosset Inn, which is a really lovely place. Swanky, and and, and but we had this this view. But it was in the parking lot, right? The, the view <laughs> there, the view there, I'm told, is, is 
killer. We didn't see the view because as soon as our wedding ceremony was over, it started pouring rain and Aww. it got foggy and we couldn't see anything out the windows <laughs> because it was it was all. <laughs> but we're you know happily married. After, some you say, know, some say, quite Greg, a, quite I a few suppose. years here. But well, anyway. Mung, when, it, when the time comes for you, Mung, and you're looking into the Mung future with your Mung vision. What kind of wedding do you think would be suitable? How much money would you be willing to spend? Three ninety nine. Oh no! <laughs> um, what is that going to so buy? So you're going to like hold it in the in an aisle of the dollar store? <laughs> A buffet of McNuggets? <laughs> Come on! <man. laughs> oh, that's, oh, that's so horrible. On the cheap. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I did elope. Uh, did you really to Canada? But. We had a big reception back in Wellfleet at the Chequesset Country Club, and that was on the water, and that was beautiful. That's swanky. Yeah, so we got married in Maine uh, near a lighthouse and then had to race to get on this uh, giant boat that went to Halifax, Nova Scotia out of Portland, Maine. Right. So that was kind of thrilling. It was like, I do. We got to go. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> boom. You're like traveling to another country. That's funny. That's about as glamorous as my life has ever been. A whole nother country. Yeah, yeah. Canada. I know, I know. I know. Talk about love and glamour mm. and chilly people. Mm. Lovely people up there in Canada. All right, Mung, you like to save money, right? Love it. Okay, so here's your chance to learn how to track animals. Just imagine. You can get out in the woods. You can find one of these animals if it's in hunting season. You can wrap a burlap bag around Take it home to Papa Mung. He's got all the food processing tools, and you'll be eating a muskrat sandwich, open-faced. Pheasant on a stick. That's like my favorite. Well, maybe this is all about just tracking animals. This looks intriguing, because often I've been walking, and you look down, and you see some track, and it might be big, and you're like, who goes here? Mm. What's going to happen to me? Is that a bear? So here's a workshop that teaches tracking animals. Saturday, March 30th, your date. Naturalist and tracking instructor Todd Kelly will give an outdoor workshop sponsored by the Howitch Conservation Trust. I saw the Conservation Trust director last night. Hi, Mike. Our daughters are on the same soccer team. On how to identify wildlife and their tracks by interpreting clues left behind. Species and their tracks and movements. Hmm. That means scat? Like poop, yeah. I was oh, just, I was God, just, God, God, no, you just wanted to say poop this whole show. You finally got it in. Uh, thank you. <laughs> All right, so our, our expected um, animals expected to be covered are otter, fox, coyote, deer, raccoon, muskrat, yes, muskrat, yeah. and skunk. The workshop will include a 16-page handout with instructions a local species checklist and a bibliography. Finally, Mung, you get that bibliography you've been looking for. <laughs> the program is recommended for age 12 and older. It's 9.30 to noon on Saturday in the Bell's Neck Conservation Lens. Oh, a beautiful wilderness area of Harwich. This is a $15 cost and advance registration is required at harwichconservationtrust.org. Org. This sounds thrilling. It does, actually. This yeah. sounds exciting. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to be able to decipher things. I love animal tracks. I'm not so much into scat, which is animal poop. poop. What? Poop. You're not into scat? You sound so shocked, What? Is something wrong with you? Well, I mean, uh, don't you, wouldn't you prefer the, the, the foot end of things as opposed to the business end? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. Oh. That's too bad. So anyway, that sounds like a lot of fun. 
I've never seen a muskrat on the Cape. You, I don't even know what a muskrat is. I have. Yeah. Yeah. What do they call? Do they release a scent? I hmm. don't know. I don't. Didn't you have a, a cologne mung that was called Evening in Muskrat? <laughs> it was the Muskrat Musk. Oh, man. Oh, the come, thrilling scent. Come to me, my dear. I smell like a muskrat. I love you. I love you. I love you. Peppy the Muskrat. Wait, so you'll be able to see uh, animal footprint and maybe figure out what animal it is? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, That's the whole idea, Mung. Oh, I know I bungled my way through it. <laughs> Thanks for boiling it down for me. Well, I should have said that in the beginning. <laughs> is that it. what this is about? It's oh, well, <laughs> it's all fun, and we are grinding again to the end of another stellar Cape Cod fun show. My name is Eric Williams. Mung, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. And Greg, your magic is magical. Thanks for being the Greg you are, and thanks for being here. You're welcome. Till next time. Till next week. Have fun. And see ya. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.